live on SEN Track. Welcome to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Woke up this morning with the strangest dream. Well, I'll tell you what, it's good news, Dan. I'm, I'm obviously aligning closely with the Gen Zers based on that little news report. They say they're knocking down high paying, knocking back high paying jobs to align closely with their own personal values. Well, my personal value is trying to find winners. <laughs> That's, so I've, uh, I've chosen this job and, and uh, so have you. And uh, unfortunate to hear that you are still working, but I think the fans are going to be very pleased. But um, it's good to see we've got something in alignment with the, the young folk out there. Well, we're still searching for the Holy Grail, however, aren't we? <laughs> well, I'm not sure we're going to find it in the third event in the program, but it is an absolute belter. V-H-R-M-A, Graham Goffin Memorial. And look, Treachery's, are, Treachery's definitely closed the gap, but Tough Tilly has led 12 times in her career to date, one on 10 of those occasions, only beaten twice by freak, freak, Dan Malecki's little girl. Ladies in red, so you'd be thinking that she should lead here, and that's why the punters have been happy to snap up. I think we've had a little bit of a firm here. Uh, no, well, I think it might have touched a dollar seventy at one point. It's a dollar sixty at the moment. Tough Tilly, who of course is um, an inspirational mare racing on behalf of um, EB Research. Treachery's there as well. I'll tell you one that I thought was. Maybe a little go. I know there's only two place dividends, but I think so what gets across everything at the start then hands up to Tough Tilly and 4.40 a place has got the potential to uh, seduce the bond there, I reckon, Dan. But I'd like to know your thoughts. It is. It's a really good race. I mean, the, the obvious thought was that either Tough Tilly or Treachery would lead. They're both very good beginners. Um, yep. I... I couldn't when I I, I price treachery favourite. Now I know you've right. got uh, tough Tilly and the stats and they're accurate. She's a very good mare in front. She's beaten uh, ladies in red um, multiple times uh, by having the gate speed, being able to lead. Uh, it's definitely an advantage for her. Um, some of her form last preparation, a bit in and out. We saw her break up at the start on one occasion, a couple of disappointing runs or out of character performances at Menangle. So. More mm. so than in previous preparations, um, she threw in a bad one here or there. And first up, um, look, I, I'm not reading too much into it first up, but I, I, I still thought that uh, she didn't really finish off the race the way I thought she was entitled to. Okay. So it didn't warm me with confidence. It wasn't that sort of run where she hit the line hard and just never got into the race. Um, that race was a month away um, and, and obviously Treachery comes through the same race in Cypher won it so it's a pretty strong form line but I thought Treachery was super she'd come off a much longer break she hadn't raced this year and she was hitting the line really hard in fast closing sectional times you, you draw on um, Tough Tilly's record in front and that's pertinent here it makes perfect sense but you look at Treachery's record over the short trip yeah. And it's exemplary. And um, I'm going with her. I, I think Treachery might be able to beat Tough Tilly. Trying to work out the way that it might happen if Treachery has to sit parked outside Tough Tilly, it doesn't um, enthrall me or uh, make me more confident that she's going to be tougher than uh, Tough Tilly. But uh, I, th you said she'd, she'd pull back the ground on the top 
uh, mayors that Emma Stewart's got in particular. Um, and I think she sits right up there. She proved that she's back. She looked terrific. She's not as thick a big a set of filly as, say, uh, or mere as tough Tilly. So I think she can pick up her fitness much quicker. She showed that first up. And uh, I, I'm interested to see how this market might might hold up. I think the fact that Mark Pitt has got tough Tilly's drive as opposed to treachery, a, a mare that he often drives, has dictated where the market sits here. But I just think treachery is the really good value, the five. So five, four, uh, six and three are my tips, Jase. I've gone uh, four, five, three, and six. Tay-Tay's obviously outstanding as well, but you would imagine potentially might need the run here, and the draw doesn't help at all. I thought so. What was a little blowout chance, but definitely could run a place. Um, you, you know what? So here's my... I mean, you know I've been in captivity, so it's been very hard. I'm, I'm, I might be rusty here, but I, I think Tough Tilly... I think it'll go the other way. I, I don't know what you're intimating there exactly, but I think it might go the other way than what you... Potentially are suggesting. I I think if you like treachery, you might get an even better price because I can just really? see. Well, I can just see people looking at this situation. Well, okay, let's factor in first of all um, the those outside the bubble, okay, who don't watch every Saturday night, but they know Tough Tilly a little bit better than they know Treachery. So there's a little bit of money there. Then there's the Mark Pitt factor. Even though you got Kerry Manning, but the Mark Pitt factor, a little bit of money there. Uh, all of a sudden, I think there's going to be a swing that she will lead, and 1,720 metres leading, a little bit of money there, and and also that record in front. So, I, uh, look, as I say, I might be a touch rusty here, but I'm thinking Tough Tilly might even start forty here, and Treachery might get out slightly. I, I marked them closer, 180 and 220. You've got Treachery favourite, but I can... Am I making any sense here, Dan? I, I can just see the reasons yeah. why, why, why they will... Why they'll keep coming for Tough Tilly. And and make no mistake, you, you switch their draws here. I'm tipping treachery every day of the week. Every day of the week. Is that right? Um, yeah. Yeah. But but I'm just thinking Tough Tilly. And, and the one thing, I, I don't know whether we're completely on the same page with that with that um, first up run behind in Cypher. I thought when they're getting home in 26-4, I don't know that Tough Tilly could have done a hell of a lot more. But at the same time, I'm just thinking that, uh, I'm thinking over the mile, even if Tough Tilly isn't, isn't quite at her best. Sometimes at 1,720 metres, particularly for these um, sons and daughters of Captain Treacherous, they seem to be able to just keep running all the way, don't they? But I tell you, it would be a great sight and a wonderful opportunity uh, for you, Dan, to call them just pairing off and really setting sail for home and, and hitting top gear in that last four or 500 metres. And that might be the case. And if Treachery does win, well, we'll have no doubt the gap's not only been closed, but it, it might have been... Uh, treachery might have surpassed Tough Tilly and might be right at the top of the tree. Yeah, look, I think her form last preparation showed that. She had a bit of a, a, a injury. Uh, but I really like the way that she resumed. It was in a race where Encipher was drawn to lead, dictate, dominate, and that's exactly what happened, and fast sectionals. But Treachery really ticked the box for me. Tough Tilly didn't, but as I said, she's a thicker-set mare, and she might have just needed to run more than Treachery, and with the barrier draw, that makes sense. The switch around and barrier draws make sense as well, but I just couldn't get Tough Tilly at that short a price. And you do make sense in suggesting that she could actually firm up more if we can see fluctuations like we did last week or often see in the harness. Um, if, if that's the case, a dollar sixty might be the value, but it doesn't mean they'll necessarily win. And 
Um, I think uh, I'm, I'm happy to stick with treachery. She might have to do it the hard way, but oh, I reckon she's been undersung here. But then again, Mark Pitt, you would think, had the choice of the drives and you've got to respect his opinion. It wouldn't have been an easy one to just pick Tough Tilly over treachery, surely. Two quick questions before we go to a breakdown. The first one, I want to go back to race two. Uh, you've been involved in racing, uh, I think, since you were three and a half years of age, you got your first job. So you've been around for a little while. Um, you're not much older than me, but you've been around for a little while. Uh, seven into 250. I mean, it's one thing to be eight, eight bucks out to 34. That, it, that's, that, that's not as dramatic. I, I think that happened in the last 45 seconds. Have you? How often have you seen that throughout the course of your career? That was just... I, I don't even know... <laughs> I don't even know how that can happen. I mean, it's one thing if nobody's having a bet um, and whether it's influenced by the exchange as well, but that's just amazing what happened to Tweedledee. It, it, it literally had no chance by the time they uh, they went to the standing start. Look, uh, being on Trot's Vision, we can get a bit of information coming through, far more information there than we yeah. would say if you were just watching the Sky Channel. So I think it's important the information that um, is delivered, whether it comes from an expert or it comes from the trainer, the driver. And uh, Kate had made mention about Tweedledee not really getting around the, the, the top turn all that well in, in, in the hit out previously. So, but it took a while. Uh, it was as if it was on delay before that bit of information may have taken effect. But it was just such a wild drift. It happened ridiculously quickly and the horse stepped away okay. And I I don't think it did handle the bottom turns, but it was overplayed. It's not just a little move like 250 out to 320. You know, that's a big enough drift. If that was the gallops, you'd be worried. But in the trots, it goes from 250 to $7 or $8. A lot of the times I'll read out, uh, particularly the top three in the betting, the price as they're scoring up. And I, I get a feel as to almost right at the death knock what price they are. But... Rock and roll do's case in in the in the free for all. There was a lot happened there late. I, I saw Acknell warm up. I wasn't really impressed with him. It didn't surprise the way he drifted out a little bit. But rock and roll do as they were scoring up. I'm sure he was about nine dollars. Now he officially started twenty six. It somehow has happened as the green light was going on, or just prior to it. But within me mentioning the price he was in the middle of the score up to to going and. It's hard to fathom. That happens often. I've been going over the starting price odds fixed with Tab the last couple of weeks and horses are getting to prices that I can't believe they've got to when I am looking at the price as the mobile is rolling and scoring up. And it's just extraordinary in that last moment those prices get out. Now, there's a worry there because if people are going to wait too long for that to happen... That market doesn't mould properly, does it? Uh, if people are going to wait too no. late, ultimately they're going to possibly even miss out on something. They're just wild, almost ridiculous. And and sometimes you can't fathom them because we as, uh, you know, I understand the horses both physically and form and likewise with yourself and there's plenty of others. And it just doesn't make sense to some of us as to how these horses can drift. Now, Tweedledee's case last week's different. We didn't know it. I didn't want to back it yeah. at $2.50. Bit of information come about. But in other instances, um, we see horses regularly, $3.50 out to $18. And it just, they probably open up way unders, but it takes to the last two minutes of betting before they really drift right out. So um, that's a bit of a concern going uh, forward because um, we want to see those markets mould when it's a free-for-all and the top-quality horses are fluctuating to that extent, it doesn't make sense.
It certainly does. And I've got another question for you on race uh, three when we come back from a break. But uh, So Craig Knott, um, one, um, one of the leading professional punters and leading minds on wagering in Australia, really, of, of all kinds, has, like he told me many years ago, it's not only that last minute, but creating stability in markets as early as possible is so critical because, and I have heard these stories a million times at the pub or at a retail wagering venue when you run into people, they see that move and they believe that there's inside information that they don't know about and then their long-held biases and prejudices against harness racing preclude them from punting. So that is... Definitely a worry at happening in the last minute. But if we can get the markets to solidify even earlier in the week with a couple of different wagering service providers competing against one another and getting the markets right, then people will have far more faith in having a bet. That along with maybe not drawing emergencies. It's Paul March. Yes. Back soon, Friday form battle. Dan Malicki and Jason Bonington. We're covering some serious territory here, more than the early settlers. We'll be back with race four. This is an absolute belter, the home field at group three level. I don't think it should be group three. I think it should be higher ranked than that, but we'll talk about that as well when we come back in the Friday form panel on a set track.